too much common sense to listen to an idiot like me. I think they spend more time listening to you than they do listening to me, but you might talk a modicum of sense occasionally, whereas I never talk sense. I'm always talking rubbish. Racing, because the bookmakers on the race course, they bet within an inch of their lives all the time. Pulling out prices, bookmakers' prices on this channel, right? Yep. You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with the bookmakers. And a special warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Cheltenham special. We've got an absolute action-packed show for you in this. We're going to start off the show with all our best bets from our entire panel, barring uh, Adam Norman, just wimped out as usual. No stomach for the fight. Uh, apart from Adam... Split his steaks. Barred from splitting his steaks, Adam Norman. Yeah, yeah he's, so, he's out. So we've got the each way nonsense on, and hopefully it'll be a great show for you all. Like I said, we start the first part of the show off with all bets, same sort of format, third, second, first, best bets, except uh, the other contributors recorded separately, unlike usual, all recorded at once. And you can skim through on YouTube or SoundCloud, you'll be able to skim through to any time points, we'll bookmark them for you. So if you don't like mine and John's tips, you can just skip past on the bookmark to the next one. <laughs> So it's all professionally. And if you want to uh, skip on to the, the sermon part, which is the, you know, the sermon style show, which we're going to come on to in a bit, then obviously you, you can skip to that particular part of the show as well if you don't want our rancid tip. So yeah, onwards and upwards. This is a cracking show. I can't wait to do it. We, me and John are absolutely bouncing. <laughs> we're going to give our best bets now for the Fez. So me and John will start the show off and then we'll bring the other contributors in after us, after we've given our shit out. Right. So, John, welcome. Thank you. Hopefully. Pleasure to be here. Yes. Hopefully we can do the business week for the, for the Billy Bunters. What's the idea of your third best bet, John? Well, regular listeners will be sadly familiar with this horse. This runs on the Wednesday in the Orkney, the Ballymar Novices Hurdle, and it's my old pal Three Stripe Life. Ah, yeah. Still think he's open to improvements as a hurdler. I don't think the extra trip will be any kind of problem whatsoever. He's out with Doyon Mare. I think he'll get this standing on his head. I thought he was going to win last time when he ran against Sagerhead, and then again he was a Little bit novice at the last, kept on, but lacked a bit of toe. I think a, a more strongly run race is what this horse has been crying out for this season. And hopefully he'll get it here and stay on well up the hill. He's got a bit to find, so uh, Adam Norman will be delighted. I'm poncing it a bit and I'm going, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going each way. I just think it's interesting that Journey with me, I was... Mail behind this one on the clock. He's only five to one, and this one's seven to one. So I do still think he's well here. Yeah, I was obviously I was with you on. Well, you I don't think you put it out as a bet last time when it, you did the time before. Thought he got a, thought he got a, a bad ride the time before when you you tipped it up. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he definitely would have won that race for sure. And last time I bet it quite confident. Actually. I, th- I thought this this is going to run a big race today with 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 the right ride. He got the right ride, but. Just couldn't match Sagerhard, I didn't think, for gears. The one in front just kept going and, and powering on. And like you said, I don't think this trip's an issue at all. So I, no, I don't, I, I, 
I'm not convinced that Sagar had particularly wanting this trip. I think it's quite a quick odds. Well, they've been deciding, haven't they? Been thinking, do we go supreme? And I reckon if Williams have had such a good hand in supreme, that yeah. would this have, would this be in this? That's the you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unlike the just the top speed figures, Sagar has actually ticked behind three straight life. Yeah, three straight done slightly better top speeds overall. I, I think that's quite significant, really, you know. Whereas I think three straight life's crying out for the extra trip. I don't, I don't think the favourite necessarily is. It's way wankering. Yes. <laughs> so half a point each way for John on three stripe life at seven to one available. John's thinking that that could be a very good bet. Each way a pleasure. I probably agree with him. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be using the horse in quite a few each way doubles and trebles through the week. Yeah. Where, where I think he's 40 large as regards my bets this week. You know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be trying to sneak a few extra quid on ones later in the week. And Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Okay, so come on to mine. My couple of minutes of pain for you here uh, are third best bet. Bit of a surprise choice for me, this, in terms of it's something that I could have never foreseen me putting up or backing. But I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist at heart. Uh, Kill Cruitt in the Supreme Novice. That's year 130 on the Tuesday, 7-1 to one available with William Hill. That, for me, wants take. The reason I'm with him is because I genuinely feel that I don't think they've had this horse anywhere near straight this season. I really don't. It was second at 1-14 to 14 for its reappearance at Cork. It then went to Leopardstown uh, over two and a half, was 9-4 to four on. And just, I mean, some people might say it didn't get the trip or whatever, but that, that aside, it was just well below form. And then last time out, it probably didn't have to run to anywhere. And obviously it was fives on last time out, but it was uber impressive, I felt, last time. And it reminded me of the horse in bump. It was a high-class bumper horse, obviously, setting by by half a length to Sir Gerhard uh, in the champion bumper here last year. And I did feel that that day Sir Gerhard nicked the race. If you watched Cheltenham back last year, Sir Gerhard was brilliant, ridden by Rachel. And Cat caught Paul Townend napping. And Rachel basically stole the race, I felt, really stole it. And that's just concrete form. And John's the best is three-stripe life. Well, that was fourth in the champion bumper. So Gerhard's favourite for the Ballymore, odds-on favourite for the Ballymore. So Kill Cruitt, I think, is massively underrated here at 7-1 to one because everyone's paying attention to the impressiveness of Dysart Dynamo in, in a good time, etc. and whatnot. And, yeah, I get that. You know, I'm not, not dismissing that at all. I just think we haven't seen anywhere near the best of Kill Cruitt this year, this year. I don't think there's any reason why we should be writing him off, apart from that early season form where the carrots might not have been put in place, John. It could be double super unleaded tomorrow. It could indeed. The, car- <laughs> the carrots weren't ready at pre-Christmas. That's it. You've no good training them twin egg and spoon racers. This is what they trained for. Kill Cruitt is my third best and obviously one point on the nose. Right, John, I'll come to you then for your second best. This is in the boodles. Poodle, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, this one is HMS Seahorse. Yeah. I, I think this is a fascinating contender, actually. And, and a good dig around this race. I was fancying one of Mr. X's at one point. I, I ended up with the X's come down on this one. 
I think this one will find £10 for racing on better ground. He's run an absolute clear. He's three runs over hurdles so far, which I don't think has suited him. But last time to break his duck, he travelled up like a real class act. I think he's been underrated anyway. But as I say, I think for running on better ground, his action screams better ground, actually. I could have done without him watering and then having the rain, but I think it'll dry out enough for him. I'm absolutely convinced this isn't just 128 hours. I think this is 140 somewhat myself. And I, I think 14 to 1 is tremendous value each way. Good evening, Adam. <laughs> Do you know what? I know Adam will be listening because he he'll say he won't, but I know he will because he can't help himself. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you six places with Skybet and pa- Skybet well, Paddy Power Bet three six five job. Well, uh, honestly, I really can't say this way now. Six, good God. Well, yeah. obviously the the market says all you need to know about Gallic Warrior and probably that that's probably got a lot in hand because if it hadn't got a lot in hand, they'd have ran, and that's why they haven't ran. They they entered it uh, in that English. Handicap hurdle at Cheltenham, I think, in January. And they got they entered it to see what the handicapper had given them, and the handicapper was obviously fucked up. I mean, on the top straight figures, it's the best of the Irish. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean look, HMSC, like I said, there's a couple in here, maybe Champion Green, you know, with the baby Joseph and JP yeah. and our Rachel. And um, that's why I'm not bouncing up and down about uh, Gaelic Warrior because this will be very different to what he's had to run against in France and quite a rough and ready race. And whether I'd want to take that shorter price, you're going and probably on gallop form. What? Why this is sort of five to two nine to four? Yeah, it's obviously... he, he could he could be different, yeah, couldn't he? But I don't think I'm landing on one here that's got a few pound up its sleeve anyway. So yeah. And they say never be frightened of one house, don't they? Especially if you're getting six places. Bubble. You've got six places, much to the dis- disgust of Adam Norman. So that's HMSC host for John in the in the boodles each way a pleasure. Six pegs, fourteens. Good luck to John with that. My second best goes in the Potemps on Thursday, and it's a horse I did mention at bigger prices on the handicap show, and I'm still sticking with him even though he's shorter. It's just more of a thing, really. I saw him at Warwick in the flesh. It was on an ITV race, and I managed to get some really good paddock shots of him. And I was just surprised how fat and woolly he was at Sire de Burley in the 210 at Cheltenham attempts. Basically, he didn't take the eye in his coat or anything. I reckon they've done absolutely very little with him. And I, I was quite impressed with that run, really. I think that was job done. They needed to sort of like to qualify. There were seven runners. They just needed to be in the in in the van they they did it with a nice fourth perfect qualifying run he can create history by becoming the only horse to win three attempts do you think he was the last one to leave snoozy's back garden (laughs) well that's the thing well it it really second it stay as hurdle john (laughs) (laughs) under sneezer so so sneezy couldn't get it to win a stay as hurdle but as i mentioned on the handicap show this horse has got a tremendous record at this track uh, over this course and distance. And I just think off 156, that's four pounds less than the handicapper rated it last year when it ran in the stairs. And it's only four pounds higher than when it what, last won the percent. Is the horse improving? No. Do I think the horse can run to the same ability as when it won last time? Yes. So that for each way pinches, 
for me, we'll see you very happy on the day. Obviously, I'm not going to go each way. Norman's frightened me off. Um, so I'm going on on the noggin. Two points win. At the rather, I've got to say, the price now is becoming a little bit disappointing. So none of us need to rush in and take a price with the books right now on Sayed Burley at six to one. No one. No, not one of us needs to do that. I cannot not see that being six to one at least on the on the exchanges it probably would be a lot be a bit bigger um so there's no rush for that there's not gonna be a price crash so yeah it's just two points when i'll be back inside of early on the exchanges on the day because i genuinely believe it'll be right there at the last right there and that's all we want for us money that's be it that'll be a, a value bet okay let's move on to Maiden john's massive pink bet lays <laughs> And our best bets, John, so I'll come to you for your very best. Well, this one's also declared on Tuesday, wherever possible. I try to make sure I had a definite runner. And this is in the seriously disappointing turnout for the National Hunt Chase. And that's Run Wild Fred. I just think this horse is tremendously well treated by the race conditions. Has been kept for this. He's got the best jockey in the race. Fatty's ready, plays really string at the moment. He's <laughs> making all the right noises. The horse is 11 ticks clear on adjusted top speed. He's got pounds in hand on the official ratings. I know he can tend to miss one out occasionally, but the pace of this race, I don't think his jumping is going to be tested like it might have been if there'd been 20 running, you know? I think Jeremy will be able to sit wherever the hell he wants. I'm not, I'm not really... Frightened of Statler would probably kill all the listeners going and lumping on Statler every as you like. I think he's got the bait now. That the one, the one I'm interested in is the, the danger is on the ropes, actually. I think as a deal of potential as a staying chaser, still, I thought the run in the Hennessy was quite interesting. I like the way he kept on from the, the rotten position in the Hennessy. So I might actually mix that one up with a reverse forecast. Yeah. I am pretty sweet on this favourite run wild thread. Yeah, nine to four generally available, John, and obviously comes there with leading claims at the weights. This were a handicap, he'd be a lot more disadvantaged. The trip's more or less certain to sue. He does make the odd blooper, but hard to find any significant negatives and nine to four looks solid that is a horse that could go off a very well bet favorite come post time i can actually see that going off around the 13 to 8 mark that car, you know yeah, I, I mean, if the fab's gone in in say the article and then our darling rachel's won the <laughs> they might start running a bit scared by then yeah i see that being quite well back run while fred that seems the probably one of the most solid favourites at a price, you know, not not taking odds on or short yeah, price. Yeah, I think it's a favourite back, whereas like honeysuckle, he's gonna watch the race and think what's so fucking what, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. The wallpaper race, the champion hurdle. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, John. So that's John's very best for Chelton this week. And at nine to four, I'm not arguing with him at all. I think that's a solid choice. Okay, my best bet is something a little bit left field. Obviously, you'll you'll get tired this week of being told what horses to back, and no doubt if you've listened to various podcasts, you'll have a list like a community centre's shopping list. It'll so, be, so, be as long as a bog roll, and you're probably better off doing the same thing with this. <laughs> Pretty much. So this is what this one's a bit left field, and I've seen prices with two firms. I've actually availed myself to a very small stake with with one firm already, and this bet 
lash you all week. Well, hopefully it will. And it's Ireland to train all the handicap hurdle winners. That's the Boodles, the Coral Cup, the Temps, the Martin Pipe, and County hurdle winners. So it's all the five handicap hurdle winners. And five to one is available with William Hill and nine to two with Skybet. Those are on the site, the online sites at the time of recording. And I think this is world class because I've priced it up myself. And depending on the declarations, because obviously that's where you screw, because I don't know how many Irish are going to turn up and so on and so on. You know, like Tuesday, you might get some cut up fields. But not usually the handicaps, John. Usually the handicaps usually fill, don't they, most of them? Well, the ones that said the carrots will turn up anyway, won't they? Sure. Yeah, well, exactly. This in mind, we've just watched an Imperial Cup winner on Saturday. He could have gone round again. He could have won by three hurdles. So the carrots are back in force uh, for this spring for the Irish. And I did feel the, ch- the best chances the British have got are in the sort of handicap chasers and uh, some of the maybe the novice events and they've got big chances but but not but not the handicap hurdles i did feel i know like you'll some people say, say sam thomas has good risk at all things like that he's no juice the juice will take care of that <laughs> and you've got langer dan favorite for the martin pipe i call him wanker dan you know i think he's got a few issues and i've heard one or two rumors that all's not been been right in that camp either that they're running well before now but he's had enough problems this season so i'm not really a a Langerdan fanatic like some people after his gallant second last year. So yeah, I'm I'm against Langerdan as well. So I'm thinking five to one. I price this up anywhere between about two to one and three to one, depending on how the decks fell. That'd be my sort of like guess guesswork if you like. So five to one and nine to two is enormous. You're asking idiots in trading rooms to price things like this up, and it's a rig for me. There's no way that should be anywhere near five to one ever. So if you can take advantage of that special, even if you only get twenty quid or a tenner on or something, it's you know it might pay for pay for a few beers and and the week because I, I honestly think that's a that's a very good chance, a lot better chance than the odds on offer. So hopefully. You'll find that bet from me a little bit left field and entertaining. You can make that one leg in a lucky 15 and that covers your money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a good it's a good shout, that. It's something that, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I thought, I've got to work the odds out on that. That doesn't seem right. It's empty. Yeah. So, I had, you know, I did the old basic added up addition and working out percentages in races. And I, I don't see where they're coming from um, with the price at all, fives. I think was right. John, I'm going to put you on the spot. If there was one horse you could take on this week, say a fan, you know, a strongly fancied one. You know, if you were a book and you were standing there and you were thinking, I fancy taking a few quid out of this, which horse would you be against this week at Cheltenham? I'd leave the living shit out of Shiskin and uh, <laughs> stick a bet in at about five to two for when he gets out pace coming down the hill. That's true. So that's John. He's laid 100,000 of 40 uh, to Popeye. Who's then? Who's half cut by then? And <laughs> <laughs> so if, if he tries to draw, John will say you've had a ten thousand a four, not a hundred thousand a four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, so John, John's logic there, obviously, for you players at home, is that Shishkin's pretty much certain, I think, to to be off off, off of the bridle at some stage well, during so. the race. I mean, that other one, they're going to make a bit of you, aren't they? And I think coming down the hill, they'll probably think the writing's on the wall, and then. Coming up the hill, it'll probably be getting scrubbed off a while, but I think there's uh, room for manoeuvre, shall we say. Yeah. Well, I'm also doubling up with you on that as well, because I may as well, because I, I kind of, I've, I've kind of bought the horse. I'm probably the only one in the British Isles that's just a la- just about laid shishkin on every every start it's been odds on. 
So, yeah, it's it's been absolute pain for me uh, following Chishkin. I've never seen it as a value bet in any race it's running. So I've had, I've had to do the decent thing and lay it. So why change the habit of a lifetime? So me and John are going to stick them in the frying pan. Left, leave them dangling over the edge of the frying pan, and then just uh, and then just so after, after Nico makes all and wins unchallenged, we'll be tweeting, burn the fucking place down after the. Uh, yeah, he certainly. Uh, we've probably made Shishkin a, a, a better chance by that, but that's me and John both against Shishkin. So we shall now move on to the next part, where I shall bring in wonderful Catherine Fry to give her three best bets. Um, for the this week's festival, very excited to hear Catherine's choices, and uh, I want Catherine's third best, please, um, if that's possible. Third best, okay, Lee. Um, my third best bet of the week. I, this is a bit of an odd one. Okay, talk about the Kimmyor five thirty Thursday. I had had Fakir Delen earmarked for this, yes, but my eye has been drawn, shall we say? to this 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 could either run really well or bomb out it's one of those my old friend champagne platinum now i backed him a few times when he was with uh, nicky uh, <laughs> obviously now he's with uh, edna edna bolger and good old, Ed. uh, good, good old edna and um old edna it seems has revitalized old champagne platinum they must be doing something different must be must be something in the feed or something and i just think he's got form that ties in with fluor and death duty obviously they were both quite fancy for the ultima see how how that they get on on tuesday from their make an assessment on champagne platinum yeah. Uh, so it's a bit of an odd one because I I've had him earmarked a couple of times for the festival before and he's disappointed. But he I think I don't know. You know when you just keep getting drawn back to one. And I'd, I'd completely forgotten about him. First run he bombed out for Edna, um, and he had blinkers on I think, and the ground wasn't to his favour. And they actually hauled Edna in after when he won. And uh, and he said dead. He said dead to blinkers, like and the the ground <laughs> were, were helped helped him. You know that that's obviously all it was. So yeah, I just you know he just got a feeling about one Lee. Yeah. But yeah. I put him in third best because he he can sometimes just run an absolutely rancid race. But he seems yeah. uh, he seems to be liking life in the Emerald Isle anyway. I mean, I always think Edna's an underrated trainer. I know it sounds it sounds no, a bit no, silly because yeah. he's had he's had a lot of success. I mean, would you say he's like almost like JP's private trainer these days? Yeah, I mean, if you think about what he's done all the cross countries, um, he's. You know, I mean, I know he's most known for that for that discipline, but you know, to get horses like Spot the Difference to turn up year after year at Cheltenham and run their races, yeah, he, you know, he's a decent trainer. And I know we mess around stuff like that, but yeah, I do. I, and, and he's obviously, this horse is obviously in a better place than he was when he was here. And I just think that at the prices, he could be, it'd be interesting to see who rides him at the prices. He could, um, he, he could be a nice bit of value. Yep, 16 to 1 um, is available on, on Catherine's third choice there. Uh, that's with Bet365 and a little bit with Sporting Index for you city types that have got these posh accounts with Sporting Index. <laughs> too, po- too posh for us. Um, 16 to 1 for Catherine's interesting shout for the Kim Muir is her third best. Good start, Catherine. Right, coming on to number two then. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you've got for number two. 
I think we touched on this um, when we did the the weights preview, but I'm very keen on the baby Joseph's Bustleton. Now, the reason I'm keen on this at Leperstown, Delesti, they did the old bury in the grade one trick. And we've seen Joseph do that before. And then the horse goes on to win at the festival, um, won the Martin Pike with early doors, and he'd been absolutely buried in grade ones. And this looks like a classic case of that happening. So Bustleton runs uh, again on the Thursday. Thursday's going to be a busy day. He runs in the plate, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, 4.10 on the Thursday. And I think that he's, you know, I know the, the, the Irish are still giving out a bit about the handicap marks. But I think all things considered, I don't think he's been that badly treated. He's in on 1.45 at the moment, set to carry 11. He's running grade ones. He's just think, and very interesting. He's obviously owned by um, Mrs. McCoy's company. And yeah, he just I think he's about, I don't know, Lee, if you've got any prices there, but the last time I looked, he was around 12s. I think, again, I like, I like, so try and, as you know, try and keep a, an eye out or year for horses that I feel have been um, buried, shall we say. Yes, Paddy Power Plate, currently heading the market, is Celebra Al- Allen that's got a nice little smart turn of foot. But Catherine's choice is available at a nice general 12 to 1. So okay, that's... Cool. Yeah, so that's quite a nice price indeed. Bustleton, yes, like you say, he's he's well known to these shows. Really, he's, I mean, it's amazing, it's amazing, really, that it feels like he's he's been around a lot he's longer been around than for ages. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing that basically he's, he's still got his novice status because. <laughs> How can you know? Like you say, he's just. It seems like he's had four hundred races. I think that's because they've had him on the go since the summer, and I think that's it. He's appearing sort of every other month. Exactly. Uh, and I think with that in mind, the fact that he does run in the summer, if we do get sort of real spring ground here, I don't I don't think that'll inconvenience him at all. Obviously, at, at the moment now, we're coming off the back of a really dry summer and a, and a really dry autumn. I think if it had been a normal year where we'd had heavy ground, you know, for the last couple of seasons, we've had heavy ground at Cheltenham all through the season. But this year we haven't. I think if it was that, then probably wouldn't worry so much. But yeah, if it stays like this, definitely. Good choice, though. Bustleton, I like that. 12 to 1 um, available for Catherine uh, is a second choice, second best bet of the meeting. Um, would, just to clarify, would you would you be going each way of these, or would you be on the button? Yeah, I'd probably be each way with these yeah. two. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's so competitive, isn't it? And I think you're, you're getting a bit of, like, the prices are, are, are a bit decent, so... Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Drum roll. Catherine Fry's very best bet at Cheltenham this week. She's she's on duty all this week doing BBC Radio Gloucester. So BBC Radio Gloucester fans can tune in. For, the, oh, Fry yeah. fanboy, the Fry fanboys will be tuning in all week to BBC Radio Gloucester to get their dose of Fry oh, at yeah. the festival. Yes. Tune into the local BBC and I'll be there hopefully buried amongst the garden segment or something like that. No, no, in fairness, <laughs> for the festival they, 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 they do pull the stops out. You're not just going to hear someone going on about their land or their allotment. <laughs> um, so we I... are actually, uh, we do take over the channel for, for four days. Good stuff. No, that's plenty to look forward to for Gloucester fans and <laughs> Alfie May fanatics, things like that, down yeah. there, down Cheltenham Ch- way. Yeah, yeah, Cheltenham Town supporters, yeah. Yes, uh, what a roadmap. Yeah, yeah, well, no, they're not doing too badly. Right, okay, so 
This is another really odd choice, but I see, I, I don't think I'm the only one that spotted him with his price in mind. Um, so 5.30 on the Tuesday, the National Hunt Chase, <laughs> everyone's, everyone's favourite race. Pat's fancy for John's latest eye catcher of the moment, Rebecca Curtis. <laughs> I had this theory a while ago that Pat's fancy would make a really nice Grand National horse. And yeah. if that's to be, then the National Hunt Chase should, shouldn't be a problem. He jumps really well. And I have sort of heard it. It, it. I see it's in the racing post as well. And I've seen it scattered around on Twitter a few times that Barry O'Neill's going to take the ride. Now, obviously, okay. Barry O'Neill, a uh, decent Irish amateur, he could probably be in line for some for a ride on some, you know, decent Irish horses, but he's going to ride Pat's Fancy. Obviously, he's not Pat's Fancy. He's not going to be in the same league as a, as a grade one horse like Braveman's Game, but I thought he ran really well against him at Newbury. And what I really is his precision with his jumping. And the fact that if they are aiming him at the Grand National, and if he is obviously a stayer, then the ground really shouldn't, whatever the ground comes out as, shouldn't really be an issue to him. I think he's around the nine to one mark. But I know obviously she really wants a Grand National horse, and I think she might just have one in this. And so I think that going to the National Chase is, is the right decision. I really like this choice. The horse, he comes from the really solid form line of Jericho Rock and that yeah. obviously tied in with St. Palais at Newbury um, and Pat, yeah. Pat's fancy beat Jericho Rock there at Chepster then went on to beat Imperial Alcazar beat, it, beat him exactly. easily yeah and and obviously then turns up and then it was a great performance from Brave Man's game to give the weight but he, I thought he came out of that with credit um, I thought he wrapped I thought he ran really well. It was a really good trial for that kind of race. And like you say, I'm in agreement with you that I think he's a typical old-fashioned sort where he, he, yes, he jumps, yes. stays, jumps and stays. And, and I think that's, you know, the, he's nothing flash about him, but he just jumps he's and stays. And I think done, yeah. Yeah, so I think that could be really interesting. That's definitely my favourite out of your three. Okay. Um, but all, all three are good picks. And 10 to 1 is available um, as your reward. Each way again? A pleasure? Yeah, each way a pleasure. Anything over six to one, I'll, I'll go each way on. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fair enough because you'll get on the day as well, you'll get some. I'm, I'm sure you'll get some good place terms. The book, the bookmakers will be falling over themselves to offer some good place terms. Yeah. So, so we advise all our listeners to look out for that. But three fantastic selections from Catherine Fry. And what a pleasure it's been to have you for <laughs> Bar Stewart's best bets in your very busy period when you're in demand. <laughs> for the Fez next week. I know everybody wants a piece of fry, and we've oh, yeah. got our piece of fry. <laughs> can um, I just can I mention four that I'm keeping an, an eye on as to to whether wherever they run. So Top Bandit, wherever he goes, I know. Remember that race back in the winter, Lee, where Top Bandit went our favourite, and I think we yes. both backed him that day, and it was obviously just it was hilarious, wasn't it? It was like <laughs> and. <laughs> yes. you know, yeah, it wasn't hilarious for us because we backed him, but obviously they've been lining him up for something like this. So top bandit wherever he ends up. Obviously, I'm still really keen on any harm in asking wherever he's going to turn up. I think I mentioned it on the pod we did for the weights. Did yeah, yeah. Yes. Gringo uh, Dobrell for the county is still available at 25s at the moment, and wherever the devil's coachman ends up is of interest as well. So superb. Yeah. Superb, folks. You've had plenty there for listening to Catherine, and so have I. So I'm I'm off to think think about Pat's fancy. I think um, <laughs> fancy that could. Be, I do. I fancy a bit of Pat's fancy. So thank you, Catherine, and um, wish uh, wish you all the best this week at the festival. No worries. Thank you.
And joining me now, uh, right away, is the Naps Table King, the leader of the pack. It's Quentin Franks giving me and the Barstow's listeners his best three for this Cheltenham week. Uh, welcome, Quentin. Hi there, Lee. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. And um, I'm sure our listeners, uh, like like me, are rather intrigued what you've got to offer for the Fez this week. <laughs> your, your third best bet, please, when you're ready. Uh, my third best bet comes in the Ultima on day one. I'm going to have a stab at T-Clipper here. It was a horse that was very impressive on his chase debut. Jumped well in the main and uh, and one going away at Chepstow. Fast tracked to to graded company after he hasn't hasn't really looked the same animal as as winning at Chepstow. Genuine soft ground last time was probably a reason for the underperforming. But truth be told, he was out of his depth. Marks dropped four pounds for for the two underwhelming effort, but he looked better than a one forty five horse um, than winning at the Welsh venue in a decent time. Turns here off 79 days off the track. Yards in decent nick, and, and he's had his winting good width. First time cheek pieces go on, drying ground will help him. And 20s on offer looks overpriced. Mm, indeed, 20s is available in various places. Stan Shepherd has been booked to ride. Stan in great form the other day, almost landing a treble, but I'd stiffen Stan because I, <laughs> I, I backed the one that didn't win, the one that went about twos on him running and got picked. <laughs> So sorry, sorry, Stan Shepherd backers. I stiffened you the, the other day. Let's hope that uh, I don't jump on T Clipper and spoils Quentin's start to the festival. But anyway, that goes in the two fifty there on the Tuesday. So that's Quentin's third best. And no, I'm not even going to ask Quentin each way or win because Quentin is on the nose every time. On the nose. On the nose. Yeah. And he's showing us all how to do it. So one point win. No each way wankering for Quentin on T-Clipper. Thanks, Quentin, for that. And on to your second best bet. Uh, my second best bet comes in the champion bumper. Fasil de Vega's been, been very impressive, but I think America might be, should be closer in the market. He's been uber impressive both starts. Clock huge numbers on both occasions. It t- tends not to be something that's done in the bumper sphere. Fasil Vega's form, form's taken, taken a knock with Sandor again, not, not winning at 4-9. At Nace the other week, and I'll just have them a little bit close together. I think what's it, five to two, eleven to four is around. It looks fair value um, against a favourite. Yeah, I'm just checking the prices now. Best price nine to four. So that's what we can offer. So that's Quentin's second best bet. Nicky Henderson obviously is public, gone public that he wants to train Fasal Vega. If he could train anything at the Fez that he doesn't already train, interesting comments. But um, like Quentin says, big big on the clock was was in particular the last win, nine to four available there for American Mike, which which Quentin liked to win the champion bumper. Good stuff, Quentin. So a nice big price one to start with, followed by sort of bankerish bet on, on American Mike. What is your best bet then for the Fez? My best bet, Lee, for the festival comes on day one, and it comes in the in the national hunt trace. I want to have Run Wild said on one right, Run Wild for a cost. Say that three times on side. <laughs> uh, he's looked the horse tailor made and lined up for this all season. The trainer said at the start of the season that this is his target. He, he's jumped well enough. There's been a couple of errors, but nothing that's, that's looked to bring him down to the ground. Second season, season novice. He's got ample experience. Tough, battle hardened, and exactly what you need for a race of this nature. Jamie Cod takes the ride. It's a small field. I think they'll bottom from the front here. Three mile six trips, not a concern at all, given how well he saw out the Irish Grand National trip. Nine to four is kicking about, and that is my best bet for Cheltenham. 
Good stuff. Yeah, nine, nine and a four. Really solid. Jamie Cod Co- in the saddle. Got it to do the rest of them on official ratings. One horse that I always sort of kind of love for this race was Vanillier. But the problem with him is he does make the odd blooper. And secondly, I'd just prefer softer ground for him. I'd like to see him in an absolute, absolute bog stamina test. And I'm, mm. I just don't think the ground's going to be soft enough for Vanillier. So, yeah, I'm with you on, on Run Wild Fred, really. I think you, you're probably right. It's going to take all the beating with this trip shorter suit, you'd think, as well. And Gordon Elliott, it could be a big week. So that that's Quentin's very best bet for Cheltenham this week. So a couple of good ones there at 9-4 to four each of two. One for the bumper and one for the national chase. Two completely different disciplines. And then the, uh, the old T-clipper to kick Quentin's uh, campaign off for the week. So I hope you enjoyed Quentin's selections before we move on to the next part of the show. I want to ask Quentin, Quentin, if there's any horse this week if you were a bookmaker that you'd take on, say at the prices or whatever, which mm. which horse would you think about or, or doesn't float your boat, so to speak? Doesn't float my boat. You might Good have already question. answered that, I suppose, with Facile Vega. Yeah, Facile Vega or probably John John Bon at the prices. He, he's the one I'd want to be against on day one. Like I know he's he's not he's not a really short price, but I'll be I'll be able to get him, I think. I, I, I think you'll, I'll be able to get him in the place market as well. Oh, that's a fair comment. Okay, mate, I wish you the best for the festival this week and all your punting. But we'll be seeing you back. Possibly, Possibly. Tuesday, yes. So we might see Quentin uh, midweek for the uh, After Cheltenham uh, rundowns. If not, Quentin will be back a week on Friday to do the first flat podcast of the year. Something to look forward to for you, Quentin Franks fans. So make sure you tune in for the start of that flat season with the Lincoln preview. Right, that's all from uh, me and Quentin on this one. And now joining me right away is the super judge and national hunt resource trainer, Neville Ender. Welcome to the show, Neville. What's your third best bet, please, for the festival this week? Right, well, my, my first one is going to be on the opening day of the, the festival, and it's... I haven't, I haven't gone for the obvious ones, because any fool can pick out those, but I've gone for a... Uh, my first one is in the Juvenile Handicap Hurdle, the 450, the Boodles, formerly known as the Fred Winter. And the market is dominated by William Mullins' Gaelic Warrior, but we don't know anything about him. He's only had three runs. All three were in France. And he's still a maiden as well. But the fact that he's... Starting off in a top handicap list suggests that he's thought highly of. But I just wonder whether, and this could be for another show, but should a horse actually have proved himself in this country and have got a mark in this country rather than running off his French rating? But anyway, he runs off 129. I don't know how good he is. He might be a superstar, but if he was a superstar, maybe he would have been in the triumph hurdle. The one I like the look of is the horse that's had four runs over hurdles, and you could put a line through one of those. He pulled up when the saddle slipped after making a mistake at the third. It's Joseph O'Brien's champion green, who absolutely bolted up on the flat, on his final start on the flat, an underrating of 90. He runs here off 125 over hurdles, and his last run was at Nace, where he never came off the bridle and won in a hat canter. I'm not sure whether he's the pick of the weights on his form, but using his flat form as a guide, he 
almost certainly should be comp- very competitive off 125 and probably will rate higher than that. Joseph O'Brien has saved him for... I, well, I'm assuming he's saved him for this race. He hasn't been out for 44 days and maybe they didn't want him to go up in the handicap by running him since his last start. It's a difficult handicap. There's no two ways about it. But, you know, there's, there's plenty of value. The market's made by the fact that there's going to be something dominating, at least taking out 30% of the market. So for my first of three bets this week, I'm going to go for Champion Green and... You never know. It could be a gamble with JP McManus, who likes to target this meeting with winners and gambles. Who knows? But I've got a feeling he'll be a double-figure price, and he's going to be my first selection. Champion Green, 450, the Boodles handicap. Good stuff, Nev. Like you say, staying away from the obvious there. Uh, obviously, a Gaelic Warrior will prove very popular with many, but I do like Nev's selection there. Very unexposed, useful on the flat, and certainly won incredibly easy last time out at Nace. You know, the type of horse that could thrive in a big field as well, the way he travels. Champion Green, uh, I think currently available around the 10 to 1 mark. As I say, when, when taking your prices for these races, I would suggest, you know, being patient. I don't think there's no need to rush in. The exchanges will offer decent price as well because obviously they've got nearer to 100% books. And if you want to take advantage, wait for the bookmakers to make, make daft offers if you've got accounts with those. I don't think there's any need to rush in. But like Nev says, round a double figure price for him around the 10 to 1 mark never you each way or, or on the nose <laughs> yeah <laughs> all, all win all on the nose from Nev yeah. no messing about good stuff yeah. Nev could I have your second best bet please of uh, the festival uh, my second one is on the Thursday it's yeah. the in this the stayers hurdle the Paddy Power stayers hurdle it's so much better now it's got its proper title back having been the the world hurdle for a number of years and the stayers, there's no dominant stayer like we used to have of the, the Barracudas and Iris's Gifts era. But Time Hill is a horse that has had a very light campaign. I'm assuming that this has been his solitary. Well, I suppose this and the Aintree Hurdle have been his two main targets. They started him off this season at Autoy uh, in desperate ground and... Unlike him, he raced keenly that day, so maybe he didn't take the travelling or for one thing or another, but he never performed. His only other run this season has been when they took him to Ascot for the long walk and he bumped into an informed champ. Paisley Park was in third, so you can see the quality of opposition. They They are just about the best, if not the best, very nearly the best staying hurdlers around. And he only just got touched off by champ. Champ is, is not a horse that you can trust implicitly. And Time Hill, he's a very, very smart horse. He You couldn't put him in the Barracuda uh, ratings just yet because he's he, he's yet to prove that. But he's only visited the race course on 12 occasions, which is, is quite unusual for a horse of, of his ability and age. Uh, he's got form round Cheltenham, um, having been second in the uh, bumper. And, of course, he was uh, very unlucky when bumping into Monksfish in the Albert Bartlett uh, two years ago. All his Cheltenham form is very good. He's got a turn of foot for a stayer. The opposition, you can pick holes in them. Paisley Park has got a question mark now. Not only is he going to hit a flat spot, you've got the worry of, of what he's going to do at the start. And Paisley Park just seems to lack a little bit of, of what he achieved Two, one, two years ago. 
Champ, you don't know which champ's going to turn up. And Florian Porter's probably the biggest danger. He won this race last year. He jumps well. He'll set the pace and hopefully he'll set a nice strong pace for Time Hill. And I'm far from convinced about Classical Dream. He was gifted a, a several length advantage on his penultimate start and then he got put in his place last time out. There isn't a great deal amongst the others. And Time Hill for me is very difficult. In, well, it's all, I'd go as far as saying it's impossible to see him out of the numbers. He's going to he's going to be in the first three for sure, and his, his turn of foot, his turn of foot for a stayer is just going to swing it for me. All right, he's not he's not the pick on ratings. He's rated one six one. Classical dreams one six six. For me, a sound bet in the stayers hurdle. Lee. No, again, I I do like your reasoning and. Do you know, I, that's incredible because, I mean, it seems like Time Hill's been around for a while now. You know, just you get used to horses that, that appear in, in big races. And it's it's astonishing to see that he has only had the 12 career starts, which, I mean, if you'd done that as a quiz question, I'm certain there'd be a few saying a lot more than 12 starts. So, yeah, that's took me uh, back there. So Nev really likes Time Hill as a solid choice there for his second best bet in the stayers hurdle. Now... For the Pierre de Resistance, Neville's best bet of the week coming up. I'm excited to hear this, Nev, if you want to fire away. Well, I'm going against something that I wouldn't normally do, but I'm going to go for a horse that has yet to prove himself over a trip of three miles and two furlongs, having never been beyond two miles four. But such is Nicky Henderson's enthusiasm for Mr. Coffee being campaigned over the wrong trip. And he's so adamant this horse will stay that... I'm going to go with him because I think he's probably the best handicapped horse of the British horses is the best handicapped. You wouldn't know about the Irish ones. The Irish could be several pounds better having won so many of the the races last season. But Mr. Coffey has only had three chase starts and two, well, all three have been good runs. His first run, he ran off 138 over two miles and he jumped really well, um, putting a huge jump three out to suggest that he had loads of energy left in the tank and he may have found the trip too short that day his second to jack Amar after that was good again he jumped well but he jumped to his left that day and he would have won had he jumped straighter he did lose a shoe as well that is almost certainly going to make some difference and his last run well Nicky henderson campaigned him in a, a grade one novices chase the silly isles over two and a half miles all right, there was only five runners and one got rid of his rider early on, Gladiator Allen. But Lahom Press is a genuine top-class novice. Pick Dorhey is also a grade one novice, top-class. And Fugitive is no mug and he finished fourth. Mr. Coffee, he made errors early on due to going the wrong way round. He jumped out to his left and he made a massive dent in the... That, that Sandown fence is partitioned off into two and he made a huge dent in what would have been the last fence at the home straight. God knows how he ran on past Pigdorhey to finish in second place. And off 137, I've got to have him. Ideally, I wish it was two and a half miles because I've yet to see, I've yet to be convinced until he proves himself. But And I don't normally listen to what trainers say because I think they can sometimes be a little bit over the top of the horses and Nicky Henderson well I've read every piece he's said about this horse and he's adamant this horse wants three miles plus for me off 137 going left-handed he could have plenty in hand all right we don't know whether he'll stay or not but that's 
going to be taken on trust. You're never going to have every single box ticked when horses are double figure prices. Mr. Coffee is open to improvement. I like horses. I like novices in handicaps where the handicapper has not had sufficient evidence to, to correctly handicap them. So in the amateur handicap, Mr. Coffee, and I gather that they'll have the services of Sam Whaley Cohen, who is a master. Uh, in this type of race you don't get too many amateurs riding gold cup winners so he's my best bet of the the week but i am taking on trust that he stays lee well it's interesting you say um nicky anderson has always maintained this horse does want this trip but the reason why he's never been over this trip was obviously earlier in his career he was very keen he had to be dropped right out and taught to settle and they, they had the hood on him early in his racing life and very high class cruising speed but at the same time he had to sort of try and be less hard on himself and now he's more settled but it's interesting you say as well about the jumping left-handed because he did it as, he did it at Kempton you know like, like you say he didn't jump the right way around there and then like you said they went to Sandown made it made a real bad mis- bad error and still ran on and finished second so yeah I, I completely take your point. And again, I think that's really well dug out because he doesn't look obvious. Obviously, most people will be saying, well, you know, the, this all won't stay, etc. But yeah, like you say, I mean, what a stab there in the Kim Muir from Nev. Again, check your prices. Like I said, I don't think there'll be a particularly rush on this horse. No disrespect to Neville. It's just that obviously that that's something that won't be in the the sort of main punting fraternity to be punting a horse that's stepping up from two and a half miles for the first time. But very, very interesting selection there. And, and again, uh, I wish you well, Nev, with those three selections. Just before you go, i put you on the spot now. Is there any horse that a short price this week you're not kind of feeling it, you know, that you'd probably like to take on? Well, I'm not convinced that Constitution Hill is going to be a 13 to 8, 6 to 4 chance. That's not to say that I don't fancy him, but when you've got so many dangers in the race and so many relatively unexposed horses, such as John Bond, who's never been beaten yet, you've got Dysart Dynamo, who looked a machine when he made all last time out at Punchestown. You've got Kilcruitt, who was a champion bumper horse last year and only got his act together last time out. There are so many dangers to him. Even Bring On The Night was impressive when he won for William Mullins a fortnight ago. I'm not saying Constitution Hill is an absolute bank of lay, but for me, his price is too short. They could have taken advantage of running him in a handicap. He's only rated 148. Wouldn't it be a snip? But if he was running in the champion hurdle, he'd probably be second favourite. And I think he'll be overbet. It might well be that you, you, you just don't know, do you? Come the race, he could start five to four. He could start five to two. But if he was short, I think there are, you've got enough on your side to make him a, a lay. Yeah, but that's no, not to say no. that I don't fancy him because he has been impressive. Of course. I mean, Price, like you said, Price is king all the time. And Constitutional Nev thinks will be well bet. And that's one to possibly stay clear of if he does go to the post, you know, well back favourite. So I'd like to thank Nev and I wish you all the best for this festival week, Neville. Thank you for joining us. Lovely. Thank you. You too, Luke. Now joining me is the former Racing UK pundit and regular Bar Stewards contributor, Andy Richmond. Welcome, Andy. We're looking forward to your three best bets. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. Good afternoon. Good evening. Or good morning. Whenever you're listening to this, Lee. Yeah. Three best bets. We've certainly not gone down any of the um, the bankers' routes. Uh, we're going the handicap route, and I think all three 
predictably, are going to be from the Emerald Isle. Good stuff. Can I have your third best bet, please? I think the third best, we're going to go for Andy Dufresne in the Grand Annual. Now, we know that Mr. Green and Gold, Mr. JP, uh, he likes a runner in the uh, Grand Annual, uh, the 450, the Johnny Henderson. I don't think there's any yeah. Henderson representative in it this year. He's actually got a very good record in this race. If you can go back through your the annals, uh, Cheltenham races, I think Belvano got an absolute cork in riding this. But Andy Dufresne has entered this race. It's actually his only entry. It is from the uh, the BFG, as we like to call it. <laughs> it was a pretty smart hurdler. He's actually never run in a handicap. And he won his first two races over fences last year, over two miles and two miles one. He's not won since, but his second last time out to Captain Guinness, who's no slouch, giving him seven pounds, certainly reads well. I think there's a fair chance of landing this for JP, who loves a winner in this event. And it would be no surprise if he became a little bit of a punt uh, nearer the time. So I have already availed myself of some 12s and 14s uh, on this green and gold animal for the BFG. And he's my third best bet in the Grand Annual, Andy Dufresne. Yeah, good stuff. Obviously, some comes there with some high class form. You know, probably obviously just falls shy of the very best level. He's probably true levels, a nice grade three horse. But again... This is like you said, this would be, I mean, I'm just looking now as this horse has yet to run in any kind of handicap company. Yeah, yeah this I is, think they this might is have, a handicap debut. He could, yeah, he could well be that sort of horse. I can see him traveling well in the old course, aren't we? So I can certainly see him traveling pretty well now they've switched the race. Of course, this used to be the getting out stakes, didn't it? In the good old days. Yeah, yes. The grand yeah, yeah. You know, bash, bash your way out of trouble race in a 20 runner cavalry charge. It's yes. certainly not that anymore. Still be fast and furious. I think. The Irish have got a few interesting ones in here. I'm really surprised they haven't run Coeur Sublime in this. Um, he's out the way now because he's going for the Arkle, as I understand today. Embittered's been one that they've backed over the last few days. And Buddy Rich from the same stable. But I've got a feeling, I've got a sneaky feeling for old Andy Dufresne uh, in this for the BFG. Who might just, I think the uh, Mr McManus might be getting his pennies out on this. Well, I've taken a speculative punt at him already. Good stuff, Andy. That can't knock that selection at all. Nice price as well for listeners. And like I said, I think he's probably others. quite a good trading vehicle as well. If you're into that, you know, as I am, I think yeah. you know, he's, he's sort of, you know, if you're on now and you you can you probably be able to trade your stakes out or at least get your stakes back in running because this should be run to suit him. Looking at all his runs, so that's another bit of an angle for you as well. So that's your decision you've got. Do you take the twelve to one now that's available, or do you do you hang around? And no, maybe I'm get I'm twelves some... now because I think yeah. it's gonna be with the non-runner no bet concession. I've just got a feeling in the water that you know. Yeah. You look at your bet screen, fair screen, last thing at night he's twelves, and then you open it up the next morning and he's sixes. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Right. So, so Andy's advice is to go in before the decks which they are tomorrow so oh, yeah. sadly the time this goes out obviously like we're recording issues that might not be there but at least we can say it was like we do on friday night <laughs> take take the, <laughs> the time, time of recording yeah so at the time of recording 12 to 1 was there and andy was flagging it up at 12 so you can't blame him when this finally comes to light and it's six <laughs> but anyway good so stuff andy with your third best your second best please gonna go bit of emmett mullins time 
winter fog in the Potemps. I think this is probably, I mean, I, I have already backed this because I think the price is starting to go or it's going to go, but he's got enough a nice weight. has got a little bit of form that ties in quite nicely. Now, he ran second in a qualifier, and it's a very good qualifier. There's been a few winners that come out of this, and he was second to Panda Boy, who doesn't, who doesn't come over. The fifth Dunboyne from the uh, BFG yard is also very interested in this as well. But um, it looks a good piece of form, this. And uh, he hadn't had him long, um, and they'd had a bit of a pump on him here as well. And I just thought they'd just set him up for this. They put him away. Um, and I, I, once I'd seen this race, I just thought this is going to be a major player for this series. I think he's down to around six to one now. Um, I did back him at a double figure price a long time ago, even before there was any um, non-runner, no bet concession. Um, and the good thing about this race is it'll be over in time for the big race of the day, which of course is the four miler at Hexham um, that day. <laughs> but no, Winter Fog is going to be my second best bet. Six to one, I think he is now. He's a little bit skinny in a in a what is could be a a, a hot potemps this year, isn't it always? But he fits the profile. Put away for a long time. Obviously protected his mark. I think Emmett Mullins was. I heard him in an interview with um, Nick Luck on uh, Nick Luck Daily, and uh, no, and his usual way he was incredibly cagey about this. And uh, I do like Winter Fog, so he's my second best bet. Good stuff. So that is six on Andy. Are you each way nonsense? On the, your third best bet and second best bet? No, no, we're going, we're, we're going all in. I haven't backed them each way, um, for Mr. Norman's reference. For the uh, Once I've added the best bet in, I will say I have had an each way treble on them to uh, see if I can have the summer off and go to Barbados or something. <laughs> so, so, I, so I don't have to be on the road to Doncaster. <laughs> Leave that to me, Lake and Frank. Uh, so Winter Fog is Andy's second best to, to join Andy Dufresne uh, as his, his third best. I'm looking forward now, Andy, to your best bet of the festival. Right. I wouldn't say it's probably my, I mean, the, the best bet because I think some of those will probably come in the um, in the non-handicaps. But, you know, that's all a bit boring and, and they've been done to death. And, and I, I like the fact this year that yourself, you know, ourselves did the very good handicap special. And I think another couple of pods that I listened to did as well, because by the time you get to Cheltenham, the the, uh, the graded stuff has been done to death, quite honestly. And I think yeah. some of the more interesting is, is the handicaps. And I'm going to go in the Coral Cup uh, with Drop the Anchor. Oh, so it doesn't this. drop the anchor either. Yeah, uh, I do like this one. Yeah, this this one has been um, a, now he won. What was it? The Liffey handicap has been a really good pointer. Uh, the race it's run at the Dublin Racing Festival, and he won it last year. And then they sent him for the county hurdle last year. And if you watch that race, he was doing all of his best work. Cliche time late on, and now he's off a five pound lower mark. And will relish uh, the step up in distance. That county form last year worked out really well. Um, and he's had a couple of um, runs over hurdles this season. He had a bit of a pipe opener on the flat uh, when he finished down the field just behind Tritonic uh, just before Christmas. And he was an eye catcher and a never near a fifth. And then he attempted to win back-to-back runnings of that Liffey handicap hurdle as a 33 to one outsider. So I just got a feeling they were working their way back towards something at Cheltenham and I just thought drop the anchor was certainly one I know he's been I know a few people have um 
uh, are quite keen on him. But I just thought he was certainly the one that I was looking forward to the most in the handicaps. And again, I have backed him at a double figure price. I think the best you'll get is about eight to one now. But he's the one I'm really looking forward to in the in the handicaps. Again, Coral Cup. You know, it's a competitive affair, as we know, but you should get a run for your money here. I can see him coming there uh, swinging away and hopefully he'll go through with it. There are some other, you know, there's a lot of dangers in here. St. Felician, who looks to have been punted up for this. The Shunter, good risk at all. It could be well handicapped. The Skelton's unexpected party. Camp Rond in the same colours has been well punted up. But we're going to go with Drop the Anchor because I do like the way he's been campaigned so far. And uh, he's going to be my best bet, drop the anchor. Um, as I say, I will put the, all of these on the nose, but I have done an each-way treble uh, on the uh, on the three. Winter Fog and Defrain and drop the anchor. Fantastic stuff, Andy. The, and uh, drop the Irish. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the right. And dro- uh, drop the anchor, obviously, going up to this, well, the sort of the first time. He has tried two and a half, you know, several times in his career before. But, yeah, it's certainly the way he finishes his races off, at two miles, you don't see. I don't see a problem with that. And as I said, the likely sort of good, good to soft ground. He probably needs sort of two and a half, two mile five. At two miles, he'd need it very, very soft. I think these days, you know, to show his very best. But drop the anchor is a good confident selection from Andy. So thank you for your three, Andy, and the best of luck. But to finish off, put you on the spot now. What would be a horse of yours at this festival that you think? is worth taking on at a short price. What are you sort of not feeling the vibes with? Good question. It wouldn't be Alaho. I know that. I know that. Yeah. If I had to sort of pick a, a sort of banker, of bank, a banker, and there are quite a few, you know, there's a lot, I'm sure there's a lot of people are going to be doing sort of short priced favourites. You know, there's going to be lots of accumulators, et cetera, et cetera. I suppose if you look at, I mean, looking through tomorrow, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take honeysuckle on. I thought the one, I would have taken on. I think he's probably in the mayor's novice. I wasn't particularly keen on Brandy Love, but that's probably dis- that was favourite, but has has, um, has drifted markedly now. Yeah, I'd really like to take on. And I'm usually yeah, I'm, usually say- one, I'm usually one who likes to who likes to likes to sort of take on horses. It's a very good question. You know, looking at it tomorrow, there's nothing really I'd sort of be well against tomorrow. And I certainly wouldn't be against, I'd say I wouldn't be against the Gerhardt. I think that the one in the bumper for Seal Vega, I think that American Mike is as, is as good as. And Mullins, with his main hope, hasn't got the greatest record in that race. So if I had to take one on, and especially in a bump, and you don't quite know what you're dealing with here. And there could be a few, you know, there could be a, a bit of a, you know, a fly in the ointment here. Looking at that rosy red rum of Milton Harris's, who travelled like the absolute wrath of God last time out, and gets about £17 off this lot. Whether she actually gets up the hill or not is another matter. Redemption Day is also interesting. American Mike, you can make almost the same horse. Yeah, I think if I to take one on for Seal Vega. Good go. stuff. Fasil Vega at five to four in the champion bumper. Right. I hope you have a great weekend, Andy, and thank you for contributing to the sermon that hopefully will provide listeners with plenty of winners. As thank always, you. a pleasure. And if the each way, if the each way treble comes off, I'll see you in Barbados. <laughs> Cheers, Andy. Thanks.
Right, on to the second part of the show. Now you've had all our extremely uh, well thought out uh, information to start the show. Let's hope we we find you some winners uh, between all of us. And joining me now for the special best part of the show, joining me in the zoo this evening is uh, John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot. Good evening, John. Evening, mate. We've also got regular sermon contributor, Lorne Malvo. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, one and all. Good evening. And last, and definitely not least, we've got a for a show, fantastic, Catherine Fry. Good evening, Catherine. Good evening. <laughs> Sounding a bit winsome there. Ah, uh, you know, John, I know you like that. <laughs> so, right, right, we've we, we got plenty of few topics to discuss this week, obviously a lot of questions from listeners, but I want to start the show off because Catherine, obviously, is, is a very knowledgeable uh, local source of information. Uh, she's working for BBC Radio Gloucester all week, and she might just have some sort of input on the going for tomorrow, Catherine. What what, what do you think we're going to start on tomorrow? Oh, I, to be honest, I, I can't see that there's going to be much given it at all. Um, we've mm-hmm. had so we had some rain on Friday night, which we badly needed because um, we we hadn't had any rain for. A week or so and it had been quite mild and dry and really windy rain on friday night and then the rest of the time the weekend has been very mild very sunny very very windy which it is today i don't think there's going to be a lot of give personally in fact if tomorrow stays like this i think that we're expecting some rain on wednesday but if tomorrow stays like this i wouldn't ex- i can imagine that there'll probably be a going change somewhere along the day to me it's going to be good ground and i didn't get on the track today but had a good look at it and it doesn't, uh, it's not looking like there's any soft there. So, like, brings me on to a question here that from one of our listeners, and he, he wants to know the difference between the new course and the old course. So, tomorrow is the uh, old course, mm-hmm. and obviously that would be the sharper of the two, yeah. um, because you haven't got that, obviously, that long. I think I think the new course, for example, is seven furlongs with just two, two flights to yeah. jump. Um, so, it's quite a long way home. Whereas the old course tends to be just rock and roll. Would would it put you off then? You know, if 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 a horse that you like tomorrow needed, you know, a little bit of dig, would that sort of like make you a bit lukewarm now? Yeah, probably. I'd be looking mm. for or looking at all of my fancies tomorrow, thinking have you know have they run on spring ground? Have they run on summer ground? Definitely. Mm. Yeah. So I wouldn't be backing any mudlarks tomorrow, really. Mm. Interesting. No, good insight. Because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, just, just take it, you know, as good to soft. And, well, yeah. the, you know, is there enough is there enough juice there? But like you say, you know, the, the, the old course can, can play uh, to, to advantage to handily run. Saying Kim Bailey. Well, Kim Bailey's won two races at the festival in recent years by going handy in, in the I think the Ultima's one year and he was second in the Ultima last year. And and I think I think it does it just when when the ground rides quicker, I do think on that front end, especially a two mile hurdle course as well, that just pays to be on that sharp end rather than yeah. dropped out at the back. To, to me, we're we're um, racing on similar ground that we did in October when the when it was good going. I think if we hadn't have had such a dry winter, they bought me a bit more given it, but we've had an incredibly dry winter. And the easiest thing to tell is go and have a look at where the water table sits in town. And yeah. that it's, it's dry. There's like, it's normally a lake there and it's completely dry. So, right. yeah, no, that's that's what I go by mainly. No, it's good, it's good stuff. He helps me as well um, going going through them uh, later on in the morning, uh, what to sort of be looking for. So there you have it, folks. Good ground is what we could be looking at. 
So yes, so thank you, uh, Catherine, for that. Um, some other questions then uh, on horses' chances this week uh, from from list questions in, about Cheltenham in general. Uh, Ronnie Omelette, great Twitter name, Lo- <laughs> lovely Twitter name. That Ronnie Omelette, we love that. He says, "Is is anti-purse betting for Cheltenham a dying art? Is 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 it, is it not what it was? Any thoughts on this, you three? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is, is, that, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that one of them mucky callers? Like, is, is, yeah. <laughs> no, he's got asthma. What it is, he's not heavy breathing. It's asthma. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's much harder than it used to be, and, and I think you know I've always been a proponent of unless you've got some information about something that's you know that that's a superstar, and you've got that information sort of November, December. The, the, yeah, fill your boots. But I think. Mm. The changes every other week, it seems to me. And I think you're better off waiting for the day, wait for tomorrow where you get some amazing offers. You know what the ground is, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I do think it's much harder, um, certainly in horse racing. I suppose there are opportunities with sport, but I just think it, it, it's it's not even a shop window anymore, is it? It, it? It's very much in the background these days. So so I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the right thing to do, I mean, just listening to Catherine there at the start of the show, kind of, you know, just it gives me that extra confidence to to probably look, you know, I sort of know where I'm looking now rather than sort of guessing, you know, how's he going to ride. Bollocks, though, couldn't, couldn't, could be bollocks, I couldn't send you all away. And, it, and it's <laughs> neck deep in mud. <laughs> to, be, to, to, to be fair to Catherine, I think, I think last twice she's told me like what the ground will be, she's been absolutely bang on the money. She um, lives in Cardiff. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's all a myriad. Isn't it? Oh yeah. yeah, looking at picture grass. Yeah, it looks green. Yeah, we'll have a bit. Of, yeah, good ground. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so next question then. Um, John Stevenson's been on, and he said about Dysart Dynamo, the Willie Mullins, well, use very useful horse, put up a very impressive performance last time in Ireland. That certainly. Well, if you know, it, it, everyone sort of sat up and looked up and thought, "Wow, this that, that's some performance." You know, he says, "Does this get out, get out, and dictate the uh, the, the run and finish out of the, this lot?" Um, might be on this ground. I mean, I mean, Catherine, Dysart Dynamo. Do you think that that's the one that sort of pin, you know, gets out in front and stays there? When I read this question, I thought it kind of leads us back onto the elephant in the room because I'm actually leaving the Supreme alone because I just can't work out which one has had the best carrots. I did fancy Kill Crut, as you know, not that enamoured with the with the um, you know, the way the jock the jockeys have chosen, but I, I can't call the Supreme at all anymore. I think it's just we all know it's gonna to go to Ireland. But yeah. um it's, it's to me the Supreme is a very good example of everything that's wrong at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's a race that I'm actually not going to, um, not not going to get involved in because I just, I don't think, I think all of them are obviously very good horses, but there's bigger issues at play. Well, thing is as well, I mean, it's interesting you make this point because because Kill Crew, I mean, I mean, in last year's bumper, um, I, I've watched several replays um, just just to make sure I'm not sort of seeing things, and you know, Sagerha pinched that pinched that bumper. Mm. Kill, you know, our darling Rachel. Uh, that sounds Indian, our but um, <laughs> that's better. Um, she, uh, she pinched the... <laughs> yeah. Rachel, <laughs> Ralpin, no. anyway. So yes, yeah, so the girl kind of pinched it, and Kill Crew give a lot of ground away and made it right up to the line, and 
you couldn't help feel that Kilcrew has the better engine of the two. Yeah, just again, just I mean, Rachel is so tactically aware. Like you know, she's she's brilliant. Mm. I think John, if we if we go right back to the Betfair chase in November, she's just the only one in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's just she's just bloody brilliant. Um, so, so like like you said with carrots, I mean I mean Kilcrew, yeah, like you said. That that might not have the carrots for the you know uh, at all yet, and that that might get them tomorrow. It's just some people say, oh, why are there only that many in the supreme, and where are the 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 fact that Ireland do have all the best horses, but there's also bigger issues. Mm-hmm. Right? The English novice hurdlers, well, most of them are. We don't really have anything great at that trip. Uh, you know, the best of ours we're gonna are gonna be seeing. Um, seemingly in in the Albert Bartlett you know Hillcrest and Staghorn and um yeah they think they want to really um fly the flag against the carrot brigade um but it's just and then people aren't entering their horses because why you're going to get absolutely trounced yeah and 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 just just an interesting stat for you on this um so Colin Tizard Alan King Phoenicia Twister hmm. and Philip Hobbs Philip Hobbs in the last 5 years in Cheltenham handicaps, last five years, naught from 177. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's some stat. Exactly. You know, and to be fair to old Grumpy Hobbs, um, he raised the question two years ago, and he actually said on air, and you know what, you cannot find that clip anymore anywhere. He actually said, what the hell are these horses on? Yeah. No, no that's buried under the carpet now. Yeah, and if you consider the BFG... In the same period for the Cheltenham handicaps, so not from 177, the five yeah. trainers there—they're considered. Look, I mean, these are yeah, exactly. these are considered uh, some of Britain's finest, you know, that we can offer. Gordon Elliott for the same period, ten from 77. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's operating, um, you know, a, a tremendous clip uh, just, in, handi- in handicaps. It's just, it's like, it's just, we will not have national hunt racing in this country. In ten years' time, see, that's what I think. Getting our hopes up now. Saying <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong bloody crowd, aren't they? Like, do you know what I mean? Or you lost something like yes. She starts off for sure, flirting with me in the Venetian Williams race. Then she says that. Now I've got to last till the end of the show here, Catherine. Take it easy, please. Uh. It, it was somebody said something on Twitter really, really pertinent the other day and said, said "Shall we move the Cheltenham Festival back back to January uh, and have the Dublin Festival Festival move to March?" You know, it's kind of it's kind of accurate to be honest. Um, I'd move the Cheltenham Festival to fucking Punches Town, I think. <laughs> it probably will go to Ireland. It just. It's just it's just a joke now. It's sad. It's sad to see. You know. You know when we reminisce, John, and obviously we talk about poor old, you know, ten plus and horses like that. But remember those days. You know the good old days. Yeah. Where they have a chance of winning so much. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's changed so much though. You, you know, Irish Irish challenges weren't obviously as 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 plentiful as what they are now. I'm obviously Irish runners. Providing a lot of runners, mainly from two two or three yards, exactly. obviously, yeah, you know the the Mullins and the Gordon Elliott yards take them out, and but that's the way that's the way we're at at the minute. Um, golf club's been on, 
He said, golf club's only one that's unlucky. And us. John, what's, what's your thoughts on lost in translation tomorrow, first time in a handicap? Well, if it was second week in November, stable might not have peaked. <laughs> For the dairy farmer, yes, yes. Yeah, the John dairy farmer. He had me, sadly. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's something not right with, with that yard. Right. It's, it's just something not right in particular. I mean, what a fucking weird campaign they've put in for this horse mm-hmm. and i yeah I, I just don't know i just i can't help thinking that this might be a little bit of an afterthought but i'm not going to put golf club off because i know that he does he's a bit unlucky and i don't want to put him off horse that's going to scoot in for him at like in the in the 20s you know <laughs> mm. well i know that's it that's the problem you see poor old golf club will put him off and then it'll win and then he'll it, the, the poor soul will be on to us straight on to switch yeah, well, give us about sunday he likes a sunday show <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. does. Yeah, ignore the Friday one. Um, so Jason Jackson's been on. He said um, he, he he loves this week. It's the best week of the year. But he said, "Come on, the Turners this week. It's just a match. Um, you know how how have we got to this? Um, well, I, I think it's a simple answer. I think Catherine will agree that if if you start watering down the product, you you, you get different races, and and all of a sudden we're gonna we're gonna get." Like answers still, you have a, you have a championship festival, but yet you still have answers after the festival because certain horses haven't taken each other on, and and that's that to me is unsatisfactory. Catherine, do you agree? Yeah, and no, I just, I mean, we 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 don't our product now is so. I think um, Lydia Hislop made a, a great tweet like we don't have the horses. Our product is so diluted here. Um, Ireland, what race maybe four times a week? Yep, four times a week. We could race even on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We we could be racing four times a day. Yeah. Um. We don't have the 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 caliber of horse here anymore. And you know, you look at the likes of Nichols and Hendo. You know, our top trainers. They're lucky to come out of Cheltenham now with 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 a winner. You know, yeah. Hendo may be faring the best out of all of them when it comes to Cheltenham. But that's like, what is going on? Yeah. You know. Uh, Hen Knight's made a lot of comments recently, and I, I, there's a lot. There's some of the stuff Hen Knight says quite good, but um, some I, don't, I just don't agree with. But there's one thing she does say that I possibly do agree with, in that the, the Irish aren't really that bothered who they take on at these like at their at their sort of festivals midwinter and stuff. Yeah. They, don't, they don't really care, and and it's like if they don't win, they tend to look after him. That's probably the the instructions to the jocks. If if you look beat to out, then look after him or whatever. Um, and and it's it's a kind of a different culture where whereas here it's all about one 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 like Shishkin it's just wrapped in cotton wool. Nicky Richards up north will never have a Cheltenham runner because it, it, it'll be it'll not run for four hundred days. Yeah. Um, and and I just feel I just fear sometimes there's a, the, the Irish and she made the point about because horses are used to racing against better uh, standard of horses, i.e. they'll be running against 140 150 types all right irish have got more strength in depth we know that um but then like you say running then at one to five in a fake and novice chase when you've got nothing to race with it doesn't really prep you for then the big day when you've got to run probably just out of of your comfort zone in the early stages you're not used to it because you've been popping around fake them at at one to five to beat geese um i kind of get that i get that as well and i also get the fact you know all right you might you might be sort of winning a few at Fakenham and going to Cheltenham at some ridiculous price but 
you've beat nothing. I mean, literally nothing. You might have, I don't mean that in caliber. I mean in in numbers of racing. But and also yeah. the time that you would have been doing is nothing like a championship pace. Yes. Um, it's just I don't know. I don't know how we've arrived at. You know, I've got some obviously some thoughts on how we have arrived at where we are, but I, I do think it's a really really sad state of affairs. Yeah. No, agreed. Michael Tom's been on. He said thoughts on editor De Geet. Um, surely you put Nal Hulihan on claiming the three pounds in the grand annual. Um, instead, it looks like they're going to the Queen Mother with Joshua Moore. For fuck's sake! He <laughs> he's done his he's done his spuds anti post. <laughs> John will first answer this. I want to I want to hear one of them on this. Yeah, come on, John. What, what's what, what's the story here with the Gary Morty, the, the Jelly Deals lot? Go on. <laughs> They'd be better off getting him handicapped and making Harlan the Cesarewitch. <laughs> Chance. Yeah, fair comment. Fair comment. Um, Chris, any thoughts? If, if, this, if this had been your horse, would you have been Grand Annual or would you have been Queen Mother? Grand, Grand Annual. I don't know whether the stats bear this out, but the Moors... Oh, they've always seen their horses to blunder through the last two. I don't <laughs> it is bizarre. Mm. Now, maybe it's sort of recency bias, but the last uh, several that I've backed to theirs, they, they always seem to plough through the last. So I don't know whether they're positioned, whether they're well, the way they're schooled, but I, I just the, the moors always look like to me as, as, as albeit a, a recreational punter, like they're going to fall off at any time. And I don't know whether it's the style or whatever, but they just don't. I don't know. It, it, it's heart in your mouth stuff with them. I don't know whether you got any thoughts on it, but they just don't. I don't know. They don't look in harmony with the horse. I don't it, think. I'd have gone Grand Annual and put Nahulahan on. I think he's been riding brilliant. He's been riding that horse brilliant. I think they've got a really nice horse there. Um, yeah. And I would have gone Grand Annual, and if okay after that, I'd have gone to Aintree then as well because I think Aintree would. We, we know Chapman suits him already, but I think Aintree would really suit him. Yeah, no, no fair, fair comment. Another surprise as well that Red Rookie, um, you know, I mean, I mean that was that 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 was the curveball for me. That was that was the in swinging Yorker to leg stump job that smashed it out of the ground. Um, Red Rookie, Emma Lavelle. I'm thinking all you want is a real fast pace over two mile. Grand Annual will provide you that. Um, this horse jumps really well for a novice, and, I, and I'm, I was quite excited to see Red Rookie off 138. And now they've gone for the Arkle jump. It just defies logic, doesn't it? You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, it's not going to win the Arkle. You cannot win. I mean, you, you only go in there to, to race for a place, or, you know, which is fair I enough. But, your handicap, Mark. But yeah, yeah, then you go up and oh, yeah. You finish like. To, even if you're going to finish 10 lengths off something, you'd blow your fucking handicap mark. It's bizarre. Yeah, you're going to be 148 to 1. If you finish sort of like being 10 lengths of the winner, you're going to be around the 145 to 148. And then and then when they decide they want to go back in handicap company, you sort of, you, you, you're getting screwed. So I just, and again, I'd... the only chance to be in the parade ring at the same time as Alan King. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I want you to know. <laughs> yeah, wine brother. <laughs> Another question coming. Was the last time Davy rode Tiger Roll at Cheltenham the same year Catherine first entered the Leng Cellar? 2014, by the way, that is a mad stat. The last time Davy Russell was on Tiger Roll. It isn't, though, is it? Because he rode it nationals and yeah. stuff, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, 
Feltman. No, I would just like to say 2014, I wasn't in John's basement and I was actually pregnant when David rode Tiger Roll at Charlton. Um, yes, and I wasn't, everyone, not many people knew and everyone kept asking me, do you want, do you want a drink? Oh, I have a drink. Have this, have this bottle of champagne. Have a gin tonic. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I can't. Oh, no, 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 I'm not drinking at all. And then they were like, are you pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Nick the Nipper uh, says he's, he finds it criminal that Brian Hughes gets overlooked for big big rides. Yeah. Riley's knackers off at the minute. I know I know he says I want him on one of mine if I had a runner there with a chance. Nick, he's a bin man. I've, we've been through this on a sermon. He's 0.95 actual over expected. He's a complete northern bin man. Um, he's riding, I mean, McCain's on about 47% this year. Uh, some great carrots in the in the northwest. He's mopping up sort of bad races and stuff like that. I, there's nothing in the stats that says to me that Brian Hughes is anything special. And I think that I know you'll say, well, how many you know champion uh, jockey ships have you have you won? You'll say that, Chris. Maybe as many as him. And in fact, I had a, a a spirited debate with someone on Twitter last night who because no. I. I Said that um, that Rebecca Curtis wasn't a racehorse trainer in any accepted definition of the word, and someone John, took, John will have John will have words about this. Well, and someone offence by proxy, as people are want to do. So, so to all to, to to the listeners, you can have your absolute bollocks on her training five winners. Uh, now, <laughs> best of, I mean, because I'm always wrong. So she, she'll she'll be mopping up because um, I I just don't think she could train dogs to bark personally, but it's she, not she a got bad run. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> she brought, she's got, one. She's got, she's got one of cat, 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 How dare you as well, Chris? Come on, this show. I, I mean, I mean, this is John's new sort of like you know like Venetia's sort of been cast aside yeah. for a bit. <laughs> and, and Catherine, Jane and, Brown, didn't she? Yeah, and Catherine's tipped up Pat's fancy. Uh, for the uh, for the the national hunt, that and need to cut across the middle. I think the wind. <laughs> so you you now have boosted Catherine's chances of, of getting on the board. Yeah, this, this is nap territory now. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't go on. Keep keep coming. <laughs> keep cannot coming. have them at all. I I just you know she's had what one Cheltenham Festival winner in the last what five years I think it is, uh, and and I think five overall. But no, nah, not for me. She's gone at the game. Can't train. Uh, okay, do. There you uh, go. John's John's silence by this by this yes anti Welsh vitriol. Not really. Um, not at all. I hate everyone equally, so it's not nothing. The <laughs> <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> anything? Anything to add on Rebecca Curtis? Anyone else? Yeah, she's lovely. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she, I'm sure she is a lovely person, but I, 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 possibly, I don't know what she thinks of a person, just on her shagability. Well, <laughs> my, my view is tainted. I, I, they just don't seem to win these days. I don't know. It's not not for me. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, sh- right. Sh- Shane's person are funny. Which will happen first? Supreme novice goes off two minutes late, or Rich Richie's new '80s mullet wig flies up Cleveville. That depends on the win factor. We bet 10 to 11 the pair. An interesting mullet on Rich Richie. Um, yeah, I kind of kind of dig it. You know, it's kind of... I bet oh. Catherine, you're, you're there tomorrow in the flesh and you might get a close-up of the mullet. Well, I hope I get a close-up of the mullet flying up Cleve Hill. That would be amazing. 
remember him with Terry Nutkins. Yes, do you know what? You're the second. <laughs> you are the second person. Yeah, yeah. 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 I lost a bit of his finger off, didn't it? When yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, there I mean, you go. What is he at with that? I mean, he's fucking like bold. <laughs> top, isn't he? Bad, isn't it? He's wearing that on the back. Yeah. I mean, he was like, trying to be sort of like pulling the ladies and that, and then, you know, like a bit desperate, like Dan, listeners who are based in Cheltenham would know this. There's a club called the Prom Club. Um, right. which basically like the last chance saloon when gentlemen got a bit older and they'd fill the place with young women and they'd all be there like like the major out of carry-on girls um but <laughs> <laughs> really you know i mean he, he's he's got his missus isn't he? it's just a bizarre move when you're very very wealthy you are surrounded by people that never tell you the truth that's why <laughs> <laughs> that's- <laughs> you go aye, aye. With a monkey's best friend, because no one said, "Michael, that's fucking stupid." Your <laughs> monkey is not your best friend, and get out of the oxygen tent. Everyone said, "Oh, Michael, what a good idea! We'll get you the best of oxygen tent money can buy." That's the same with Mr. Richie's mullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Catherine might get better cl- get, get a close up of that tomorrow. Um, Right, so, so we move on to Michael Thompson Davis giving me some hammer here. Uh, they both say, at what point during the week uh, does Lee uh, tweet burn the place down and start betting on Hexham, Sedgefield and Southern? Uh, he says Thursday, and Michael Thompson says, at what point does he go every Irish winner is juiced? I reckon Monday. Well, well I reckon no, you after the Supreme tomorrow. <laughs> well, no, yeah. you're all wrong. You're all wrong because because some, because my bets were pre-recorded and I, I went on about juice yesterday. So Sunday is uh, the correct answer, Michael Toms, and it will go on all week. And don't forget to listen to our bastard shows after racing, where I promise not to mention juice all week. How's uh, that? So li- listen, listen in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, me and John will, will be on, and um, I promise not to mention juice at all. Brilliant. <laughs> and if you believe that, you mentioned magic carrots. They could be replacement words. Well, you know, as long as, not, as long as I don't mention juice, that's what he says. Michael Tom says, you know, he, he, he says I won't mention the word juice too much about substance. Irish. Sort of, so, yeah. Substance. Um, Mystery yeah. substance. Yeah. 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 Well, just good bedding. I might use the word good. Yeah, good bedding. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> good bedding. well last night. Thought, well, look. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of you lot today because as I was walking into the course today, I walked past the one of the Mullins lorries, right? And it says on the side, no joke, premium hay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right, yes. Yes, premium hair, good bedding. Premium hair. Yes. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like it's like it's like like the governments of this world, isn't it? They're sort of like yeah. subliminally telling you what's actually Absolutely. happening. Yeah. It's on the side of the truck, you know, but people you give me example hiding in plain sight. Yeah. <laughs> quite right. He told you what he was and everyone oh go on, he's just the one. And he yeah. told you exactly what he was. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see one at wagons rolling up with a big bloody hypodermic on the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cartoon face winking at you. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or a big mobile lab come up into trainers' <laughs> car park. You yeah. know, we're like somebody in hazmat suits getting out and, yeah. you know. And, and, Breaking and, bad. Yeah. And all <laughs> these. No, no, it's the Irish one. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. If they get through the traffic, Catherine, which you said was terrible today. Oh, it's horrendous today. Yeah, absolutely horrendous. Yeah, yeah terrible. Yeah, Ginger Hitler's been on, and he's, I mean, just keep this brief. I mean, it's, you know, it really is just, you know, he's been relegated to the, <laughs> sub, sub, yeah, the, the shit and the subterfuge of this show. And, uh, you know, the, the, he's got three bets. I'll mention them briefly. Three points, Hillcrest for the Albert Bartlett, he says. He's not getting on the naps table. He's, he's not good enough. Um, two, two points, Philippe for the Potemps. And one point, Korak Ramble for the Ultima. Only thing that interested me was Hillcrest because I don't, I, I want to know what I've not spoken to Catherine about Hillcrest ever. And um, I want to know what she thinks because I think he should be straight over fences. Um, yeah, he'd have gone to, he looks every inch, could be a gold cup horse, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, he's I, one thing I do realize, obviously, they, they, they've, and I, I do want to say this about um, old Henners and Alan King, you know, Edison and Hillcrest have been campaigned properly um this season and i yeah hillcrest yeah he's this every inch he's every inch a chaser but you know that's that's um that's not my uh game to call um mm. i really really would obviously i want to see um i would love to see edwardston when they are called tomorrow because uh, yeah. that horse is just so genuine um he's all heart and he's he's had a fantastic campaign i've read some bollocks that he wouldn't come up a hill, but what the fuck did he come up at Sandown then? You know, um, yeah. it's, I, I just I think he's I think he's absolutely wonderful, and um, yeah, I just hope that he doesn't get swamped by carrots. Um, well, yeah, that's 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 the issue. But but I mean, the only thing as well that, that is that it's the mayor's allowance as well for Riviere yeah. to tell that. Yeah. You know, we, we, we keep banging on the mayor's allowance, obviously, with honeysuckle and stuff. And Stuart Williams, uh, a listener of our show, racehorse trainer, we like that late racehorse trainers listening to our show. And Stuart Williams says that, come up with a great idea, actually, Catherine. And he said, uh, once a mayor has, has won a grade one, um, she should give up that penalty. In other words, once she's beat the boys um, with the penalty, she should then, like, rena- you know, like, get rid of the penalty what was your thoughts on that uh, i don't know um i think i mean, it could work both ways couldn't it i mean there hasn't really been even though honeysuckle has the penalty i don't think until now that there's really been a get a gelding i mean obviously we're talking let's say we're talking a straight playing field here um i don't think there's been a gelding around that could beat her anyway so I think well, that's, what, that's, that's yeah. what I mean. That I, 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 in some ways it'd make more of a spectacle. If I if I if I owned a horse of that that quality as well, um, I think if I, I mean, yeah, I know what you're saying. Why would you give if you're not asked to? Why wouldn't you? But I don't think I'd object to it if someone made me do it and said, "Oh well, right, these are new rules. Once you've beaten the boys, um, you know, you lose your you lose your mare's allowance um, in a grade one anyway." Um, and and I, I think there's some merit to that for championship racing, but you know because I, like you said, I, I agree with you. She'd beat she beat them anyway without the with, without the allowance, uh, and it'd be nice to see her do that off levels. Well, I think uh, on that one, that more or less sums up the questions on horses and chances this week. Just any anything because we we did a bastard show on the handicaps. Anything in the graded races this week that you are any of you are keen to support that we haven't covered, you know, like any of the, any of the championship races, Catherine, yeah. John. Yeah. Um, I, 
I like Envoy Alan has just been written off like he's sort of like you know, like he's killed someone. You know, it's like mm. you play Envoy Alan that's like, oh my god, Envoy Alan. No, I couldn't possibly have that. Well <laughs> I he to me he never really looked like a gold cup horse. He was all I think he had a little bit too much speed. Um, yeah. and I'm really quite interested to to see him in the Queen Mother actually. Um I, I, you know. Stranger things have happened. I don't get all this, oh, no, not Envoy Alan. You know, it's just <laughs> fucking bizarre. No, no, no one does in that voice, I think. <laughs> well, you know, I was, being, I was being a bit theatrical, Lorne, you know. Yeah. No, I like that. It's an Amdram, amateurette. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Bournemouth Playhouse or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Bournemouth would be a bit big time, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I think that's how Jenny Pittman would have sounded if she'd been born into money. Do you think? <laughs> Yeah. Born into money. Hilarious. <laughs> Envoy Allen, 25 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> for the Queen Mother. A pony. Lovely. Uh, yeah. Um in that I was a, I was just I fell for Willie's one liner really, uh, about Jacques and Porsois when he said that it, it might have had too much carrots when it's running <laughs> the last one. Because he's, he's, he more or less said on telly, well, this horse is better at 90%. Yeah, he uh, actually said yeah. yeah. What is that about? Well, I, I don't know. Like, you know, they, they tell you anyway. Yeah, too too much super unleaded. The last the last twice. Sorry, Michael Toms, I've, I've done it again. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but 11 to 2, that. Because I, I, if you think about it, I'm, if you take Chacan Porsois peak Irish runs and you match the other two with that there's nothing between them and yet it's four to five seven or two eleven or two and it's only because he hadn't travelled before and he has not run well um, across the pond but Wicked Willie assures punters that he's doing things different this year and he says he's leaving him at 90% carrots (laughs) instead of 100% carrots he probably bursts yeah. He's no Alan Wicker this house, is he? Uh, <laughs> well, that's it. it. It could be a case of that, but you know, he just doesn't, doesn't like that ferry. You know, the Irish, all the Irish Sea. You know, it's a bit of a rough crossing at times. Oh, I fucking hate uh, that thing, to be honest with you. It just, oh, uh, no. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, with him now. I'm as green as Shaq on on those crossings. They're just awful. Not one for the faint-hearted. Onwards, we come to the next question of. Um, <laughs> Cheltenham, three, four, and five days. Um, three. Two. <laughs> One. <laughs> Morning bag. Ted Rogers is in now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I practiced for years doing Ted Rogers when I was little, that three, two, one. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible, wasn't it? it? Yeah. No, it's really hard. And yeah. the clues were unfathomable, weren't they? Ted Rogers must have, must have been a, a grade A finger blaster. Do you want the three, two, one tonight? <laughs> yeah. Bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, dear. Oh, God, that's it. We've turned this show into a terrible farce. You know, there'll be some listeners tonight thinking, professional show, disgraceful. Um, like, anyway. All these people got a gig. How do these people earn a living? <laughs> well, they're down to this, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, right. Um, so anyway, yeah. Three, 
<laughs> back onto subject three, four or five days. Well, I think, I mean, it's a, it might be a blessing in disguise, uh, the declaration so far, because I don't think it's really saying that it, that it goes to five days with what we're seeing so far on the Tuesday, for example, and a non-runner in the national chase, I believe, already. So that takes us down to seven in that. Um, you know, and if Catherine's uh, sort of like a uh, portrayal of the ground, and let's say it comes up worse than that, and sort of like good and, you know, quick good or decent good, you might get more uh, withdrawals tomorrow, um, depending. So, yeah, uh, an interesting shout. Uh, Ronnie Omelette obviously doesn't like I wasn't the format. Even, I wasn't even kidding, Lee, honestly. I, I genuinely think you could have two eight race cards. Yeah, again, if it wasn't for commercial uh, commercial sort of output, and this is where I'm coming to about the cost of Cheltenham these days. Oh. I was I was quite shocked, Catherine. I, I, right, so it's so it's seventy quid tats, fifty five quid best mate, where you can see our, our friend of the show, Jeff Banks. Can't you? <laughs> He's you know, in the if, centaur, not best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, centaur. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway. So you, anyway, you can pay, come along and see Jeff Banks tomorrow. He, he, he'll be turning maskless. up tomorrow, will you? Yeah, so maskless. Jeff Banks. It's like yeah. a Lone Ranger, maskless. Yeah. <laughs> talk, talk to him about COVID and say you're a big fan of Carolyn Car- Harris, um, <laughs> the, the Labour MP, when you walk up to him. Just say, just, I'm a big fan of Carolyn Harris and shake his hand. He'll like that. Um, well, Jeff. Um, but yeah, just, just going about the cost and stuff. I, I, they haven't sold out tomorrow, uh, which is club, which is club crap. But Tats hasn't. Tats which hasn't is, sold out. No. Which is which is poor to say. We didn't race last year, um, you know. So people should be starved of, uh, uh, you know, of, 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 of live Cheltenham action. So I'm quite surprised we did. It, it's not sold out. And and just like the prices of the hospitality packages, I think they're dearer than a lot of summer flat courses. Royal Ascot aside, um, but then we'll say, well, this is the pinnacle national lunch show piece, um, and everyone should be paying plenty for the so, privilege. Yeah, okay, so look at what was on offer at the Dublin Mason Festival. Yeah. And I think you could have done both days there for €40. Euro. Now, yeah. that is unbelievable value. That is amazing. Um, and you, when they say club, they're literally only talking about um one level and two bars on level two and that that that's it and oh, oh fair enough you have the, the ground floor and you can get into certain sections of the tented village with with a club badge but a hundred quid to stand on a lawn is is just is is absolutely barking in my opinion just yeah you, if you, if to be honest, if you want to go to Cheltenham all four days of the festival, you are better off getting a members badge and yeah. doing it that way. And then you've obviously got the choice of coming to the to the other meetings as well, um, because the, the festival is just extortionate. I was told the other day, now I only fell off my chair at this, that in the big box bar, a bottle of just normal white wine that you could nip up to Sainsbury's and get is eighty five quid. Oh. Like what's that? And that is in like in one of the you know level one bars. What is that about? That's just great. Right? You, you know you're going to get a markup. You accept that you are going to get a markup because you're you're having a bottle of wine at Cheltenham. But that that's just that. Nah, that's robbery. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean that that is incredible. That is literally yeah. That is that is amazing. I mean I mean uh, uh, Chris John, uh, what's your thoughts on on 
uh, well, I, I kind of know John's, but you know, what, 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 what's your thoughts on the value there at Cheltenham? There is no value in the taking no, over and watching the betting shop close by the ship. Because yeah. I, I, yeah. Wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do him the service of paying to get him. Mm. No, definitely. No, he's, he's definitely a, an over... The thing is... It's like the old shit lit the fan one day, and I believe that. I think I think exactly. once they realise that they're not like saying say they stick a fiver on next year, so it might be seventy five tats, sixty best mate, um, you know, um, sixty five be, um, best mate, and 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 a and a, and a, and a handshake with Jeff Banks. They, they might um, even have to stick anything on because all these fucking the Jack and Moore soap brigade when their fucking gas bills started in the match this year. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 might, you might just find the car door racing so much. We, we, yeah. we, we could have the Eva meeting to ourselves, Ailey. I'm going to say, yeah. I bet there's I bet there's more room than there were at last Evo meeting. But, yeah. Mm. Um, it's certainly something that might need looking at. And Cheltenham might have it. I think Cheltenham have certainly a, a peak now, like in terms of what, what they can do and in terms of uh, rinsing people out of more cash. Isn't it like eight? Pounds eight pounds fifty for a pint of Guinness. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not sure. I, I went on a TripAdvisor review, and this was the last time race goers were allowed at the festival, which would have been 2020. Hmm. So, um, and it was uh, five pound for a pint of cider. Um, <laughs> so I, I, so I don't know. I don't know what that would be now. It's not going to be five pounds, is it? No. No, so that's it's going to be six. You'd imagine it's going to be six pounds for cider, maybe six fifty or something. But so Eight. Guinness will be, yeah. But he doesn't stop them all dancing. They have an Irish band on the Guinness enclosure. They don't stop them all dancing about, and you know, I mean, so the, the, I mean, the problem with somebody like me is that that wants two liters of gin before he's falling <laughs> up for. I mean, it, it's very expensive. Cost you a thousand quid, man. I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, we're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm in Endo Popeye class in terms of oh, gin yeah. drinking. I'd love to uh, see in Hendo in a gin off. <laughs> it, it'd, be, uh, it'd be a quality show, that. Uh, Who starts talking more piffle um, after after <laughs> some rounds of gin? Um, yeah, indeed. Right, um, we'll finish the show off moving on to Cheltenham memories. And I thought like I'd love some or any of your Cheltenham memories, either punting, attending, uh, fabulous stuff like for for listeners that that you know that want to hear something uh, funny and i'll start it off by saying that i can remember going back to when sprinter sank sacra won the supreme novice and i attended and uh, i i was in a bit of a bad way I, I'd, I'd had an operation and i was i was drinking plenty and um i didn't care and um all of a sudden i thought i, I, I felt a rumble in the jungle um, and uh, <laughs> And then, <laughs> and uh, I went to the to the old queue, and and I went, oh geez, and the, the queue was that big, you know, for the old uh, lavatories that um, I decided I thought I, I need another option here, you know. This, I, I, I was looking at hospitality to try and blag my way in and things like that, and then then I saw that there was posh portaloos. It's time for posh portaloos. So so I'm thinking this is a good idea. Posh portaloos, like the sound of that. So so I went. There was a small queue, so I was, I was fine. Five pounds, five pounds to use a posh portaloo. So I mean, to drop your shopping off, you know, five pounds. Yeah, I mean oh. that that's what it costs. I mean, 
you know. I bet it was, it was a, free after you used it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad, I did say to the, I, for that. I did say to the lovely old gentleman following me, and I said, you might want to give it a couple of minutes. Um, You might want to give that to Friday, mate. Yeah. (laughs) But it's Tuesday. Come back next year. Yeah, come back next year. It wasn't so posh posh after they'd let me in. But there we go. So, I mean, that was one of our stories that I always remember that. I'm thinking, five quid to to unload. Um, Anything from from you three chaps to to finish the show of your best Cheltenham memories? Uh, well, as you know, <laughs> I, I, I have zero happy memories of Cheltenham. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it goes it goes back to a very 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 young age. Actually, um, my first year at senior school, I uh, was a big Tag Cottage fan. I used to love Tag Cottage bombing off at the front end and. Tommy Cabs riding him, and uh, I dashed home in '79 to see the Gold Cup, and just in time, <laughs> I got in the front door. So he swung into the straight and looked like he was going to hold off Alberton, and it had come down at the last. And then the following year, the following year when he won, I didn't make it home in time. <laughs> so <laughs> I still didn't see him win a Gold Cup. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't when it was on the news where he'd been disqualified for drugs. Yeah, that was it. So, yeah, that was about as near as I came to having any sort of happy memories of the Fez. Uh, my, my happy I think, was driving past GCHQ one year. I think I enjoyed that. that that's about it. <laughs> So nothing from you, Chris, in terms of punting or or nothing nothing um, gave you well, happy memories. The only memorable thing was the year Seymour business won at whatever double figure odds, uh, and and it won. Uh, and I took like had taken like sort of I think nine to two six months before, and it won. It was I think twenty one. <laughs> that that was nice. <laughs> yeah, I, was really- <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know. See- you said earlier that you see that you said earlier that anti-purse betting was oh, dead. <laughs> I always, always get it wrong. So it'll be, you know, a Rebecca Curtis festival this year. You wait tomorrow. You I'm wait tomorrow. All on Pat's fancy. All yeah, on no, Pat's fancy. Absolute yeah. certainty and moral tomorrow. Now, I, now I've made that statement. My only, my best bet of the meeting. Uh, I've kept stum to now because obviously you've been running down the supreme novice hurdle. I yeah. think Mighty Potter. Is nailed on each way for me. That's my nap of the meeting. You watch this go. Okay. Have you? Have you? Have you what's the prices on that at the moment? I've not. Uh, um, Thirteen to two, something like that. I think you're eleven to two now with Ladbrokes as we as we speak. As we are you, are you each yeah. way wankering on that one? <laughs> I, I want. I want. The first nine places for that, please. Yeah. <laughs> you might get that tomorrow. Yeah, I, might, I might get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Potter. Watch that, Catherine. Card, yes, Catherine, close, close the show with uh, your well, finest. Go, it wasn't funny at the time, but now I look back on well, it was funny at the time. So, um, my 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 dad, my old dad, God rest his soul, if, if he was still here, would be shaking shaking his head about the state national racing. Um, my my dad always he lived and breathed racing, went to Cheltenham all the time, and um, it was on the day of best mates third gold cup and it had been pissing down with rain all night pissing down all morning and I was at the course with my dad 
And I had this um, sort of very smart camel coat at the time that I thought I looked fucking sensational in. And um, so I'm there, like, you know, walking walking along the road, walking along the lawn with my dad. And at, at that time of my life, 2004, to say I was just, like, pissing around would be, put, to put it mildly, I, I really hadn't sort of, um, you know, put... <laughs> really done anything I was just being a bit of an ass basically and so we're walking along dad's teasing me about you know oh can I look at you dressed like that without a fucking pot to piss in you know like this we're, we're going along the lawn and as as he said that I slipped over in the mud on the on the lawn and, and it, like right, I slipped over on the mud whole one side of this camel coat just went a different color now that was me expecting, and my dad was a real laugh. It was me expecting that my dad would pick me up, right? Because I'm there, kind of flailing around in the mud while everyone else is stood on the concrete, and I basically must have looked like some kind of mudfish or something. And um, instead of helping me up, my dad just goes, oh, "Fucking embarrassing," and walked off like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was left to crawl out of the mud myself with my hands and like uh, what, what was showing of my arms absolutely caked in mud and at the time I was like fuck, like raging but now I look back on it it's actually hilarious and kind of summed up like my dad was a fantastic joker and but yeah so that would that's one of my abiding memories of Cheltenham <laughs> like when Lee Keys left the posh portal though he had a similar visual <laughs> effect yeah, just like saying yeah, whilst remaining <laughs> upright, though, that's the difference. Cracking stuff, cracking stuff, you three, brilliant. I've really enjoyed the show. Um, that's all from us covering this. Don't forget to join us every evening, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from around from around 6.30. We'll be recording after after racing, a 30-minute recap, uh, light-hearted as always. We don't we don't talk rubbish here, just normal rubbish. Um, um yeah. <laughs> Just, just absolute, yeah. It's the usual bastard stuff. Me, John, and some other contributors might be joining us over the next three days. We don't know. Um, We're drifting to the booth. Yes, if, if you want the, the credibility uh, losing, then that's this is the way forward. Um, so that's all from us. We hope you enjoyed this this Cheltenham preview. We hope that we can provide you with some winners and uh, some laughs to boot. So that's all from us. Have a great week. Bye for now. <laughs>